Well, welcome again to the Future Church podcast with me, Anthony Delaney, and we are always trying to look and send you around the bend, having a little look around what's coming, what could be next in uh, the world and for the church, and how do we not end up just lagging behind, as the church so often does, being reactive to what's going on in the world, but instead that we would be listening to the Lord, that we'd in a sense have that prophetic edge to be able to be ready for what's coming next. Um, we always have some fascinating guests on here. One of the amazing things for me, I'm often just uh, blown away by people that I bump into, people that I meet, people that I become friends with, and uh, what I get to learn from them. And I'd just love to come on the Future Church podcast and share some of those people with you. Um, so again, if you like this podcast, if this is going to be something that encourages you, please will you help us out by reviewing it, maybe write as a review to encourage other people to do so on one of the platforms that it goes out on, whichever platform it is that you listen to. Um, you could also subscribe so that when we put up new episodes, you're not going to miss out on any of them. And even better, if you would share it with somebody um, or share it on your um, Facebook or your social media etc if you think specifically uh oh that episode would really be good for that person then don't miss the opportunity to encourage one another we all need encouragement don't we and uh, you can be an encourager to somebody else as i hope and pray that this conversation will be for you and i, I really think it will be uh this conversation for me started um well a little while ago a couple of years ago now i think it must have been maybe it's just only a year ago time flies I was at a conference at a great church here in my home city of Manchester at a church called Audacious, run by my friends Glyn and Sophia Barrett. Fabulous people. Got to get one of them on here sometime. Um, and I was at their leadership conference and I was over queuing by the coffee, as um, is always one of the most popular places at any leadership conference. And in the coffee line just ahead of me, I overheard... Um, somebody talking to a friend of mine who's one of the audacious leaders and i just heard this line where he said well i'd, I'd never really prayed for many blind people before then but this was the you know then i started to pray and then i started to see blind people start to see the more i started to pray for them and then started to talk about how they were praying for miracles and seeing blind eyes opened and i was like hang on forget the coffee I need to have a conversation here. So I, I kind of fairly rudely, I think, probably looking back on it, interrupted their conversation. And I said, like, I couldn't help overhearing what you were just talking about. Uh, I need to know more about this. And so that was my introduction to Thomas Christensen. And um, we, it turned out that a week later, we were both going to be at the same event in America. So we ended up meeting up and spending time there. But just wanted to welcome you to the Future Church podcast, Hey, how's it going, Thomas? Hello, hello, hello. It's going very well. And up front, I must apologize for the Viking uh, accent. Uh, you you did not get the Swedish Swedish Muppet on the podcast today, like the heard of a heard of a heard. So uh, apologize in advance for this uh, strange sounding Scandinavian guy. There's no need to apologize. Honestly, we Brits are, um, you know, I mean, you speak another language. I don't know what the percentage of Brits is that speak another language, but I bet it's lower than the, the Danish 
um, how many people uh, speak in a different language by a long chalk. So it's just great. And your English is fantastic. Um, so you're with me now from your home in Copenhagen. Yes, uh, we are just going into uh, the late blooming summer and the sun is coming out again after raining for uh, a whole month. So we are very pleased about that. Uh, I've never been. I do want to come and visit. I'd love to do that sometime. Tell me what Copenhagen's like. Copenhagen uh, is being called uh, one of the most livable cities in the world. And uh, we are, as Danes, called the happiest people uh, on the planet. Uh, I think the the thing is just about expectation, low expectation. If you uh, don't expect a lot and uh, you get better than you expected, then you are happy. So um, I don't know how much, but uh, we we are in a nation where less than 1% uh, in Copenhagen goes to church. So the the spiritual darkness is is very real, real. and uh, there is uh, after COVID, uh, I think it's uh, one out of three uh, young girls in high school that are battling with depression, anxiety, and uh, fear. Uh, so of course, uh, we as a church has have the greatest opportunity to be uh, be relevant and to make a difference in 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 our society. Mm. So. Well, that's an interesting, um, you know, set of statistics following on from the idea that Danes are the happiest people, but at the same time, it seems like there's this crisis with, with young people. And um, yeah, I think I mean, interesting to think about the low, you know, lowering your expectations because, you know, I, I certainly think in the UK, we've not done that. If anything, I think we've raised our expectations since COVID, and everybody wants a raise. Everybody wants more money and they kind of figure that if i get that then i'll be happy and yet at the same time uh, biblically as you look at scripture you can't equate money and happiness and other oh, things that we that, that society sells to us as being what's going to make you happy jesus said a man's life does not consist of the abundance of his possessions and then went straight on to talk about the rich fool who put all of his trust in in the things that he was accumulating but he said he was not rich towards god um how do we help people thomas uh, in in cultures like yours uh, which again from where i'm at in the uk i sometimes think it's bad enough um with the percentages of people that are a, a, a part of a church but how what are you doing that is helping people to decide actually i i, I need to i need to somehow be open to the idea of god in the first place um, what you're doing that kind of attracts people to that raises the question about God and how he could be in some way you use the word relevant to 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 their lives. Mm. I think uh, coming back to also the introduction of of me seeing the supernatural uh, as a natural part of my life, uh, I realized that the Lord is actually already working in the lives of people, and I have to come in partnership with what He's already doing. And, uh, and and what he's already uh, uh, um, talking with people, uh, his children in our city about just a, a fun story. Uh, the day before we went on on vacation, so this is uh, this is as about three four weeks ago. But uh, but we uh, we we were just uh, praying with some friends that that had been visiting us. Uh, we were at a restaurant, but we went downstairs where there were no people. And uh, they put their hands on us, blessed us, our vacation. We put our hands on them 
and bless them and, and their uh, journey. And uh, then a guy is standing in the corner. He comes over afterwards and he's, he says, what were you doing? Like you were putting hands on each other and uh, what, were you praying? And I could see he had like a silver cross. So I thought, oh, the Lord is, you know, obviously doing something in this guy's life. Uh, so he said, yeah, we, we were just blessing them and uh, and uh, just like... Um, uh, signal, signaling that we are, you know, one by putting our hands on each other and, and like being in like community like that. And he said, yeah, but uh, just like six months ago, I I had like an encounter with Jesus. Uh, I was like seeking in all these places and uh, I didn't really know uh, anything about Jesus or the Bible or anything, but I I got a hold of a Bible and I started praying every morning before when, the first thing when I woke up and I prayed before I went to bed and I have a new girlfriend and before you know I asked her out I asked Jesus is it okay for me to uh, but he had like zero 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 point of contact with any Christians uh, and uh, and and we're just like reading the Bible and he started to going to uh, like a, a local Lutheran church and. Uh, uh, didn't find a lot of stuff that made meaning in, in the message that were more about cultural and polit- political stances and stuff like that. But 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 anyways, that I, I realized at that point that the Lord is more interested in connecting with his children in Copenhagen. So even though less than a 1% goes to church, he's actually already working in the hearts of people and, and us coming alongside him, working with what he's already doing. Uh, I think that's also a part of a supernatural lifestyle where we see what is not there as if it is there and where we uh, where we connect with with seeing that the lord is actually more interesting in seeing my city in copenhagen transformed than i am and i'm super interested i work tirelessly towards that that end but uh, he's so much more and and for me coming back from vacation uh, and, uh, and and going into it again, I'm just realizing that partnering with the Holy Spirit and leaning into what he's doing instead of me building it in my own strength, own effort, me trying to push doors open, me trying to, uh, to get in the right room with the right people to get influence or, or, or to move the the purpose of, the kingdom of God in our part of the world. If I get in the in the slip, what do you call it, slipstream of what the Holy Spirit is doing, uh, it's going to be so much more easy than uh, me uh, pushing the boulder up the hill. Uh, so, so uh, yeah. So that's that's one of the things that that I think is very significant for us, also in this uh, pandemic of fear, anxiety, and depression. Uh, it's, it's realizing already that that the Lord is 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 at work, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I just finished actually yesterday uh, writing my first book uh, on on this topic uh, of unleashing fearless faith that mm-hmm. that that we push into uh, an arena in our life where fear we recognize that it's there, but it's not what's defining our next step. Uh, we push forward. Uh, even though fear is there and uh, with the Lord on our side, that's that's possible. Mm, great title, Unleashing Fearless Faith. 
Love that. I, I was just talking to our uh, guys last night uh, in a sermon. We were, I did a talk about the Holy Spirit. And uh, just we were talking about laying hands on each other and that kind of, even that being effectively a sign and a wonder because the guy saw the sign and wondered what it meant. And that opened up a spiritual conversation. But I, I spoke last night about, actually, I think the importance of us if you look in scripture, you look in the book of Acts, uh, etc. you're going to see people laying hands on people a lot. And I don't just mean like praying for the sick and those kind of things, but, but I, I, for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I, you know, I was reading about, uh, for instance, when Philip had been in Samaria and the people there uh, had become Christians, there'd been some kind of revival. So they sent Peter and John and they go. And they prayed for them and laid hands on them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then a bit later on, uh, it says Paul's out and he's he comes across some guys near Corinth, 12 guys. And they um, uh, haven't even heard that there's the Holy Spirit, it turns out, when he speaks to them. So he, again, he lays hands on them and they all, you know, they speak in tongues and prophesy, it says. And I just wonder again how how much I mean, maybe somebody listening to this, I was really challenged by that. It's really possible, maybe, like those guys seem to have done it. There's twelve of them, just as many as the disciples who started out. But they had this theology that was a bit of John the Baptist, a bit of their own stuff pulled together, no Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's really entirely possible for a church to have some, you know, be a good person, mm-hmm. turn away from wrong things, try your best. And uh, and no Holy Spirit, and that's just powerless religion, isn't it? That's mm. not the kind of thing we're talking about. Mm. Um, it's looking at the, you know. I, I figured when I talk to you, you're somebody who who sees the same thing as other people, and yet the Lord gives you ideas and opportunities as we talked about them to to see things from a different perspective and to look at that those things fearlessly. Mm. I remember you telling me about what happened uh, during COVID, for instance, when obviously the whole world starts to to lock down and put the shutters up and block out the world as much as possible. And yet for you, you were just starting out. I think your church was just, mm. that was the time when, you know, our church had been established a long time and we were like, well, how do we deal with this? But you were just starting out. So what did you do at that point in the face again of that, that fearful time? How did you act with fearless faith? Mm. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's an amazing story. I've shared it a thousand times, maybe more. And uh, I love to share it because it's just a testament of what uh, what happens when you lean into what the Holy Spirit is doing instead of you trying to to uh, make it happen on your own. And our church was just about five months old when COVID hit and shut down the world. And uh, to be honest, I was freaking out a bit. Uh, we we just, you know, pushed past the 100 mark. So we had 100 people at the service every week and uh, new people came every week and the teams were going and my wife just quit her job. So both of us only received uh, like a salary, joint salary uh, from the church. And then everything shuts down. We're, we're talking with a friend from Hong Kong who's saying, oh, we've been in lockdown for six months. So I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm I'm uh, fearful that uh, that not only the church is not going to survive, but how are we going to pay our bills? How how is everything going to work out? It seems like the the the, the wall of, of Jericho that this this uh, uh, wall that was not you know scalable or you know the cities that was fortified like this big thing that kept us out of going into the promised land. But but my my wife, you know, she said 
one one night we talked about it and she said hey do we believe that the church is not our idea it's god's idea <laughs> and it was not our idea alone to plan the new church but it was the lord and uh, so so we uh, we prayed together and we said thank you lord that you are building your church and the gates of hell no pandemic it's going to stand against it uh, so we went to bed and at 2 a.m i woke up and had this vivid dream of uh live preaching live worship on a parking lot and then cars honking the horns and uh, so basically like a drive-in church thing it was such a weird dream uh, i didn't go back to bed again i was just like researching what permits should we have and what gear equipment do we need and at 6 a.m i text our production team uh and um and uh, they the, the guy who runs our team does it at a professional level so he said oh yeah yeah, i'll get all the gear and everything is in storage now and we'll get a good good cheap price and uh, fast forward uh the next sunday we are we're setting up and uh and uh, then then again you have the fear of uh is uh, is this the most ridiculous idea is anybody gonna show up like Will will people come in cars to church service and and again you know fear creeps in and start to like to pull you down you you're an idiot this is not gonna work and but but then uh, we went from a hundred people in seats to a hundred cars in a parking lot and uh, since nothing else was happening in the world uh, the 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 news media got a hold of it and the most liberal uh, newspaper that never wrote anything good about church. Uh, on the front page of the uh, um, on the paper, printed paper, they they had you know the open church drive-in church service, and uh, they they had the what do you call it the the title was God is not mad at you, He loves you, or He's madly in love with you. Uh, in Danish, it it like rhymes, but 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 that was basically the message that they were referring to. So in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of us fearing that we will not survive, uh, we we leaned into okay, what what is your answer into this? What what do you want to do, Lord? Uh, so I had a limited vision that uh, you know let our small church plan survive, but God had another vision to uh, impact our whole nation even to the ends of the world. So. Uh, the following Sunday, uh, they send live on the national news uh, network uh, from our service, and uh, we ran it all day. <laughs> and uh, then the evening news did four and six minute segment from Open Church, uh, and and just talking about hope in the midst of a pandemic, uh, and uh, in, interviewed some people. And uh, and right there, I, I knew okay. The Lord is doing something incredible because one of the uh, cameramen came up to me and he said, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for doing this because I'm I'm going out of my mind with fear, with anxiety and and just the thought of me just all the time filming experts saying how bad this pandemic is, politicians saying how bad it is, like everybody's just focusing on the bad, on the bad, on the bad. And here you're just focusing on something good. Here you're just pointing towards hope. Here you're just, I'm not a Christian, he said, but but I'm the happiest I've been in, in, in weeks uh, since the pandemic locked everything down. And uh, then the international media took a hold of it and we went all over the world uh, from the New York Times to the shores of New Zealand. Uh, and they, they, they just... Uh, 
funny story was the Taipei Times that, uh, you know, the Catholic Church is doing online church and they had a picture of the Pope. And then the other side, they said open church, five months old, they're doing drive-in church. So you had me and my BFF, the Pope, <laughs> on each side. But um, but the cool thing was that uh, we were able to bring hope, not just into our community, but in all our nation for I think it was the week after Easter on the Monday, they invited me for a good morning, Denmark. Uh, that's the, and, and back then everybody is at home, everybody's in lockdown. So, so everybody's watching telly while they're working. Uh, so I think the, the viewing numbers went up also for the morning television programs, but the journalist there asked me, uh, so what's the difference between this Easter and a normal Easter? And and I got to share with my whole nation that the first Easter is, you know, the disciples were in lockdown. They were behind closed doors. They were afraid to die. And we are in lockdown. All of us are fearful. Is this thing going to wipe us out? Uh, but in the midst of the disciples' fear, Jesus showed up and he said, do not be afraid. And if you invite Jesus into your home today, he'll come with his peace, with his love, with his joy. Come on. And I got for 11 minutes just sharing the gospel uh, with my whole nation. And uh, so, so, and also talking about the future of the church, the future of your church, your local church, your ministry. Uh, I think when we look in the natural, uh, we can be fearful of what's happening, war in Europe, inflation, all this stuff happening, uh, all these things that we can be fearful about. But But I think when we lean into what the Holy Spirit is doing, and lean into going into partnership with the unseen realm that 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 with by faith you know the hebrew says that the 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 seen world is created by the uh, so, sorry the by faith we we create what is visible from the invisible and uh, that that's what we saw the lord doing and and that's still what we are what we're seeing the lord doing uh, and uh, it's been such a incredible journey and everybody has been uh, talking with me also afterwards um, oh, this was a brilliant idea you're an innovative leader and you're, you're a genius and all that stuff and I'm just laughing because uh, I had a dream not not like Martin Luther King <laughs> but basically you know I woke up at 2 a.m and the Holy Spirit gave me a dream of this weird thing of cars drive coming into a dri driving uh, a parking lot and and I never thought that that would turn into what it did. And uh, the momentum we got afterwards, we are just yesterday, we had our uh, first uh, North Campus gathering. Uh, so we're planning a new church. And uh, just in two weeks, we are celebrating our fourth year as a, as a local church. So uh, within three years, uh, the Lord already multiplies. Uh, and that's that's just a wonderful thing to follow along him and uh, and seeing what he's doing. Uh, so I'm very grateful where every time I see an obstacle, every time I see the wall of Jericho, uh, I, I know that, uh, that, that, that the Lord can make that thing drop and make it a ramp into the future and into the, to the possibilities that, that he wants his church and he wants his leaders. He wants his, people to be encouraged that no matter what obstacle is is blocking you from going into what the Lord has for you and the dreams, the ambitions you have, uh, you know, that thing can come down in a moment.
but we have to go into partnership with the Lord and and and, and to lean into what what He's doing. Yeah, love that. There's um, it just makes me wonder that you know, could it be that what you know the, the scripture says what the enemy intended for evil, the Lord can will bring good from and. Uh, you know, there's no doubt that that was a scary, horrible, evil time. And, um, you know, there's so much death, fear. Um, I th- I think, to be honest with you, there's people even in the midst of that made a lot of money at the expense of, um, you know, everybody else's misery. Um, mm-hmm. There's lots that governments still have to, um look into but whether they ever will do an answer for in terms of the way in which uh responses were mandated mm-hmm. i think that there will i believe there will come a time one way or the other and it could be any time in the next few years where something similar or something different like that will come along and will seek to come and close down um nations close down people um I'm, you know things that we never thought could happen happened mm. and mm. so if anybody's listening to this thinking oh it could never happen again mm. uh well i think it really could and that's why i think you know one one thing that struck me during those times was in the book of james when it says when you're making your plans uh you know always recognize that we should always be saying god willing to all of our plans because at the same time I mean, none of us can predict the future but it seems to me that one thing it's taught me is that if the plan is just to get everybody to come into my building again, which a lot of people now seem to be going back to, rather than how do we get the church out there on the street, then that's a game we're probably going to lose, um, not just in a nation with a 1% interest, but in, in every nation in the West, uh, where I just see a lot of leaders, despite what would seem to be the, the lessons of COVID, like you just talked about in terms of innovation and try new ways to reach new people i think that you know as you were speaking i was just thinking how many people for the first time during covid you know there's a phrase that that says there's no atheists in a foxhole you know that when when the battle is raging around them when they're fearful um everybody's praying (laughs) everybody's crying out to god for help everybody and and there's actually so much seed that was sown by the online church that was forced to happen that for years people have been saying, oh yeah, one day we'll get a website or one day we'll do this. But but actually all those opportunities and the thousands, the millions of people who for the first time were expressing an interest in God, how much seed there is now. What do we? What do you think we can do with people who, who were like um, that cameraman who during that time, you know, he'd say, yeah, I'm not a Christian. But I would imagine that for him, that was a significant moment and something that he can't actually shake. That would be my prayer. The Holy Spirit would be the hound of heaven. There would be, uh, you know, still um, going for people like that. How do we continue to innovate, perhaps? So what do we need to do so that those people who had the question during that questioning time and maybe still haven't gone back into a complacent sense of, well, everything's going to be all right from now on, um how do we without playing on fear how do we how do we offer them the faith in jesus christ hmm. i think again it's a, it's a focus and it's a mentality and it's a, uh, again partnership with the holy spirit and, and what the lord is wanting to do because if you are looking 
towards getting uh, i don't know if you can use this expression in english bums and seats and uh and just look look at you know getting back to the good old days where you had x amount of people filling the pews and uh, and the seats in church uh, i heard a, a pastor friend of mine here in denmark saying and they had actually incredible numbers on their live stream uh, like like all of us did but they were doing really really well but after they opened up he didn't see you know the people back in the auditorium so he shut down the live stream uh, to like force the people to come back into church and i was i was really upset because uh, that was again a focus on the sheep already found Uh, and not the one lost that that were tuning in every week. Uh, we know from our live stream just just this week I had three testimonies uh, from totally unchurched people that uh, one person said that uh, I'm not a Christian, but I know my my niece is uh, every time she gets an anxiety attack, every time she gets really fearful, the only thing that can really Uh, get her into a calm pay- place is for her to put on the open church live stream service. So, so she goes to YouTube, she turns on one of our services, and the, the worship, the word, everything just calms her down. Gives so she's not crossed yet the line of faith, and I haven't talked to her. But it's like every week I hear testimonies like this, uh, and I know still can also see from from the numbers that uh, obviously we don't have the same numbers now that we did. During COVID, we went from 50 people watching online, and after the news media outlet and all that, we had uh, uh, about six thousand to ninety thousand people following our our services. Uh, we still know a lot of people out there, uh, and and I think the the thing is that that we like Jesus. You know, when, when you heard the the Pharisees complain and and like mumber, how can he hang out with those kind of people? Uh, if we have pastors, you know, we want to hang out with the with the nice sheep, uh, the tithers, the the ones that serve, the ones that gives us, you, you know, makes stuff happens in church. You know, Jesus wasn't focused on on them as much as the one lost sheep that was out there. Uh, didn't know it well. It didn't know it was lost. Uh, it wasn't aware of his lostness and i think jesus tells these three stories back to back in uh, in luke 15 to tell us about uh, the importance of uh, the focus on the church as the only entity that exists for those who are not yet a part of it like uh, uh, for profit companies uh, they they are, they are there to create Uh, what do you call it value for the stockholders for for those who own a part of the company country clubs are there to pre- create a, a a service for those who are a member uh, they can go, get you know good dinner golf club swimming pool all that stuff but the church is actually there not for those who are in the building already and i think when we as leaders we understand that that no matter if the sheep does know it's lost it's it's gone or or like the coin was lost not because of its own ne- negligence but because somebody else you know did something that make the coin go lost and i think also we have a lot of people just this week i talked to a handful of people that were hurt by church leaders uh, i don't think you can be hurt by church you could be hurt by people you could be hurt by 
leadership environment you, you could be heard I, I don't think like the church big c uh creates that type of uh, that type of um uh, hurt but uh, sorry for the dogs in the background uh, if you if you hear them so but um I don't think the church as as such uh, is hurting people. I think uh, people hurt people and uh, bad leadership uh, puts people out. So so the coin was lost not because of its own uh, fault, but because of somebody else. And then the last story, of course, the prodigal son, he chooses himself, he rebels, he runs away. But I love that that the important thing is that it's not because it's not like... Uh, it's not it's not the focus on why the the thing is lost it's the focus of the reason that it not the reason that it's lost sorry we just had a lot of noise let's start over here so the thing was that it, that the coin wasn't lost because of its own fault the sheep didn't wasn't aware that it was lost and the prodigal son you know he decided for himself but it's like in the story of jesus it's not that the thing is lost that God is concerned about, but it's it's that it is lost. It is gone. It is away from him. You know, that's the only thing that the Lord really looks at. It's not why you're you're gone from him. It's not why you are far from him, but it's it's that you are afar from him. And he wants us as his church, as his leaders, to go after the, the sheep that doesn't know that is lost to find that coin that is so valuable and it's lost because of hurt, because of things that other people did. And we as church leaders should lean into that. And I think when we realize how valuable people are, uh, I think that's when we realize that the 99 in the church building, they're also, we love them. They make things happen, but our main heart should always be to go after the, the lost to go after those who do not yet know mm. that they are so loved. Yeah. I, I read something recently on that. And I love those stories. They're life. Just they, they're my, those three stories. Um, are really, I think what have probably shaped my life more than any, any other teaching. Um, and I just read something recently. They were saying, you know, to remember that the, they were told to the Pharisees and uh, actually they were meant to be, um, they were charged to be the shepherds of the people, but they, like it says in the old Testament, they weren't going out. They weren't going out for the lost sheep. They weren't, they were only caring for themselves. And again, we as church leaders, um, primary call, you call yourself a pastor or whatever you want to call yourself. But in the end it is to, to be shepherds. And he was saying, you're not, you're, you're more like the older son. Mm. Um, who who really doesn't maybe just doesn't even care that his brother's lost somewhere and you know doesn't want to go you know because that's the part of the story is that you figure he not not only does he not rejoice that he comes home mm. he even uh, never went himself to go looking and you know there's there's layers of that story which I think have to speak to the church about what are we actually all about and I'm gonna I'm just gonna circle back to a phrase you used before as well you used the word my ears pricked up when you said it about uh was you know the, being involved in in the, the word 
and in worship and that those things are what you know we offer and can still offer them to the lord whether in person and online and and be bringing the message but um something that people who are listening to this might have heard me recently say uh, that i've really been convicted recently that in terms of what we're doing as a church maybe we've forgotten something of the supernatural element in all of this i know you haven't but you know i said in acts 2 the early church that they had word worship and one another and yeah. we focused on that as a church but then it just the lord just spoke to me on my sabbatical this year and he said and also there were wonders hmm. wonders that were taking place again going back to our original meeting you were talking about praying for the, the blind is is like this healing ministry miracles ministry something that um that you know what should our expectations be these days about um you know what yeah if you're a christian and you believe the bible chances are you're going to believe jesus could do it but does that mean really seriously in the 21st century we should be ex- in any way expecting that, that we can too and how does that kind of operate hmm. yeah it's a great question and i think uh the scripture is very uh, like jesus himself was very uh direct about it like uh when he challenges the disciples, you know, also uh, in in Mark, where he says, "These signs shall follow those who believe; they shall put their hands on the sick, and they will be healed." Like, like, like Jesus Himself, you know, Paul uh, is inviting us as well to uh, to to go into a lifestyle. You know, he's he's charging the church, like, "When I come to you next, will I see you know signs and wonders in your midst? Will will I see the power of God active?" Will I see those things, or shall I bring the whip? <laughs> and uh, and 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 I think uh, for me, uh, I was doing church in in like a normal in normal setting, and uh, just like I think most pastors, uh, of course, I believe God can do the impossible, uh, but I wasn't really going after it or leaning into it. But I was standing in front of a young eighteen-year-old girl who had told me that the doctors gave her a few years to live. And and I I was just I have three daughters of my own they're twenty one twenty three and twenty five and I was just heart wrecked because this young girl has just you know received the worst news of her life and I was like okay Lord if you are not active like I see you uh, like everybody who came to Jesus was healed it says with the with with the disciples as well like uh, they even put people out on the street just so the shadow of peter should should touch them and they were healed and i was just uh frustrated to begin with but then it turned into a hunger spiritual hunger to see god active move in my life in that way and to see uh what i read about in the scripture uh, in my own life in my daily time and and uh, and 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 then starting to go go after it start to like, like i said in our initial meeting i in the first 20 years of my pastoral ministry i never saw any blind people healed but i didn't pray for any blind people <laughs> to get healed you know i didn't have that faith uh, not, now i think i've prayed for over 100 and i've seen uh, about 14 uh, 14 blind people healed and uh, and 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 the, there's still a big percentage of the blind people I pray for that didn't get healed, uh, and and I'm 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 in, in in questioning the Lord about that. But I realize that my job is not for the outcome uh, of 
the prayers that that's the lord's job my job is to do what the bible says put your hands on the sick and pray and then it's it's up to the lord to heal and and i think when we when we understand that that whole dynamic it also takes the pressure off uh, that 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 we should uh, and it it actually makes it a, a joyful journey uh, to just lean into what the lord is doing and i'm not super stressed uh, about uh, there is so much in the world, you know, in this Instagram age where you, you're very, uh, you're very, all the time people are looking, all the time people are observing, all the time people are judging, you know, uh, oh, this person has a better life than mine. They have ate better breakfast than my, than me. They had a better vacation than me. And, and we get so focused on the uh, performance and the, and the, the, the level of what, what I can do as an individual. But but as soon as you turn away from that and, and you just realize my, my job is not the outcome, my, my job is obedience, my, my, my job is doing it and praying, uh, then all the pressure of me as a leader, as a pastor, uh, as one going after healing, uh, all that pressure uh, disappears and uh, it's just it just becomes fun. I prayed uh, just last week, a week and a half ago, I was ministering at a uh what do you call it uh summer bible vacation thing for for old elderly people uh so so after talking about faith the whole day sharing my own testimony and you know in the evening i i, I was praying for people and uh, uh just talking about faith for the impossible and and invited people to receive prayer if they needed healing and there, there was not that many people who raised their hands. So I thought in a crowd like that, more people would be interested to receive prayer. Uh, so uh, um, I, I got a few words of knowledge. And for me, that's uh, sometimes uh, the Lord just puts an image into my mind, like uh, one person has an issue with the left elbow and uh, one person has an issue with the left ear and you know, so so I just shared. I think the Lord wants to heal somebody who has an issue with your left elbow, and somebody raised his hand and said, "Yeah, uh, you know, he had so much pain for a long time in his elbow, and you know, uh, and two seconds later he's completely healed, no pain at all, and he's just looking for the pain because that pain had followed him for so long." And then another woman uh, had a bone issue in the ear that that had you know blocked or done such in such a way that she couldn't hear out of the ear anymore and um she she didn't feel like an instant healing so so we went on and prayed for others but then she like she raised her hand and she said excuse me and she like interrupted the 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 prayer time and she said the person next to me just whispered and and i can hear in my ear now so so I asked people again, so anybody wants to receive <laughs> prayer? And then, you know, arms and feet <laughs> went up in the air and everybody. Uh, and uh, I just met her this Wednesday. Uh, she lives in Copenhagen as well. Uh, and uh, she was sharing her testimony to all the people there that last week, 10 days ago, she couldn't hear out of the ear. And now she she can hear again. And uh, is going to the doctor to get it verified and 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 all that stuff. So so for me, uh, going after it every every day of my life and every time you know I, I get the opportunity, uh, it it said like I, I preached from Acts two, uh, like all of us pastors had, but 
but also the part you you mentioned that that the Lord did signs and wonders through the apostles. I don't know why, but I always skip that part. That part. I always talk about the fellowship, you know, coming together in groups. Let, let's eat together. Everybody in Europe, we we love a big, nice dinner, fellowship, and all that. So I don't know how I for twenty years could could miss <laughs> could miss such such a significant part of uh, of also scripture when it comes to uh, to healing. And I think I think uh, for good reasons, uh, healing evangelists, uh, healing ministers, all that you know has just made it weird and has made it uh, really something that that I didn't want to be a part of and I, th- I thought but the holy spirit really took me to school saying like uh, just because fire can burn down a house fire is still good it still provides heat uh, it's still it's still a good thing so so just because somebody is misusing somebody is is not doing well uh, i think we 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 shouldn't throw away something good uh, of course we have to do it in a good way we have to we have to be uh, uh, wise uh, and and not uh, be super weird like a lot of people are when it comes to these issues. Uh, so so for me that that's very important. Also, when I raise up the next generation uh, to do the same, it's it's uh, the person is more important than the miracle. Uh, you, you know, the person needs to feel loved more than they need need to feel like they're. Oh, there's a blind person. Uh, let me pray for you. You know, I want another notch in my. I prayed for X amount of blind people, and they got healed. Like, like, like all that that rubbish. Uh, we need to get that out of our. Uh, and it, the people know need to know that the heavenly Father loves them, whether or not they get healed. You know, that's a secondary uh, issue. Of course, for people who are in pain, you know, it's very important to get healed. But for me, the most important thing always is people feel the love. Of the heavenly father mm, that's so good and you mentioned there healing evangelists who kind of get it wrong i just refer people to the one of the recent future church podcasts to uh, jonathan conrath who i've recently uh interviewed who is an amazing healing evangelist and there's so much to learn from him there so um if you've not if you've skipped that one uh on the future church podcast do go and give that a listen to i know you'll be encouraged and I learned so much from Jonathan, but so it, again, we're all learning here and no, there's no sort of formula for this specifically, but obviously you just described some things that were happening there when you were praying for people, uh, you talked about um, effectively originally, there not being much faith in the room. It seems um, for people to be prayed for, receive, receive prayer. And then you said that you had the, uh, did you were you like you know you said you had the like pictures or something was your eyes closed can you remember what was going on in those moments because it's you know and and then you're talking before the title of the new book as well is is about fearless faith how do you get over that little voice that says oh it's not going to happen and okay they don't really want it and um you know that yes that's not really a picture of that you've just got a sore elbow or something how do you deal with with all of that just talk us through um the kind of things that that happen if if i'm in church this sunday and i decide just to step out in faith in some way and say hey you know what guys today we're going to pray for miracles we're going to pray for the sick we're going to pray for people what how what kind of thing again as a as a leader can i how can i do that sensitively and well but with with full expectation what kind of things have you learned about that 
Um, I think first and foremost, it, it's it's important to uh, to stay uh, stay grounded in in the word. Uh, like this is not this is not something that is just pulled out pulled up uh, out of a hat uh, of uh, you know me wanting to to uh, like see a miracle, uh, even though uh, I really I really want to see God active and move and all that stuff. But I think it's important to to stay grounded in Scripture. So, so, so for me, it's it, it's always about uh, also again, as I talked about earlier, but the partnership with the Holy Spirit and uh, and uh, and looking into the invisible realm and to see what what the Lord wants to do, and when when it comes to uh, moving in in uh, in in words of knowledge uh, and uh, and all that, for for me, uh, as I get older, it gets more complex because I, I start to get pain in different parts of my body but one of the things earlier was that uh, for instance last week I, I got pain in my in my uh, in my left elbow uh, and I knew this is not my pain uh, so I knew okay the Lord is wanting to heal somebody in the in the left in the left uh, uh, elbow uh, so so therefore you know I said I think the Lord right now is is healing somebody in the left elbow uh, when I was in Venezuela a few years back my right foot from the morning were just like burning in pain, uh, and 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 I could sense like this is not normal for me. I don't have pain in my right foot normally, and and uh, then then a lot of stuff happened, and uh, and uh, one of the the we we go to the courthouse. We have a meeting up on the on the top level with lawyers and uh, police and uh, judges and all this stuff. And the spirit of God just fell in that room and and really. People got healed and a lot of stuff, uh, amazing stuff happened. And then somebody says, you know, uh, I'm sending a car to pick you up. And it was the district judge for that whole region that said, you know, uh, he, she wasn't inviting us. Will you come? She, she just said, you are coming. Uh, and she sent a car. Uh, and the moment I stepped into her house, you know, the pain in my right foot just disappeared. And I step around the corner and she has a, a, a cast all the way up her right leg, and and I know the Lord is gonna heal this woman. Uh, it's it's so I, I, there's no doubt in my mind uh, when, when when stuff like that happens. So of course that creates faith in me to see God move and 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 to really go go after it. And um, so so again, it, it's a partnership, and and I think that uh, when when. When 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 I see the Lord moving that way, when and 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 now I've done it for many years. So so now in some circumstances, I just one hundred percent know this person is gonna get healed. And and so I will invite people up. Say, if you haven't seen a miracle before, you know, come up, bring out your phone, just film this because the Lord is gonna heal the heal this person. Mm -hmm. And then even uh, just to activate people, I ask if, if you never prayed for somebody and have seen them heal, you know, you can come and put your hands and pray for this person. So I will step aside and I will let them, you know, experience. Yeah. So it's not about you. That's so good. I mean, but I remember that first meeting when we were started talking about prayer for the sick and the blind and you, you know, you showed me a photograph on your phone and it was a little girl in an African nation that you've been to, I think it was. And, and this beautiful little girl is like before and after and, in one shot, she just like didn't even have an eye. And in the second one, she's got an eye. And, you know, it's like, uh, um, it shouldn't, well, uh, 
it's a reconstructive miracle. It's the thing that the only you know only God could could do those mm. those kinds of things. But you know when I see that, and the reason I, I thought I've got to talk to you about these kind of things is because I, I just imagine one day we get to heaven and and you know as a church leader that I've you know struggled. I've, I've come up with my best to come up with some really good sermon ideas and plans for the church of you know how we can spend money on doing really good social media and what we can do like you said to be relevant in different ways and all of that and then you get to heaven and and the lord's just saying hey you know what i gave you power Mm. to be able to to pray for demons to come out of people and for the sick to be healed and the blind to see i gave all of that to you Mm. And you spent all your time trying to make a good Facebook post. Mm. It's like, you know, it, it, what we need. I mean, I, I, I firmly believe mm. the powerless church is dying. Mm. But at the same time, you know, what I'm praying for, maybe in fact, if I could wrap us up, if I could ask you, Thomas, to pray for this, for us, that the, the powerful church will arise again in in, in the UK and Denmark and and you and Europe and wherever anybody's listening to this, that the, the church in the power of the spirit, that we will we'll all have that um fearless faith. Please pray that you'll that that'll be unleashed uh, yeah. now, please. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I will. And Father, I just pray for each person listening to the this podcast. Father, I don't know what what they're going through and, and what the history they have with the Maybe they've been discouraged. They they've experienced that somebody prayed and they didn't experience, you know, the miracle they were going after. Right now, Father, first of all, I just want to ask that your presence would come into the room, and, and that you would just embrace them with your loving care. And Father, I just pray right now, like uh, Ruth experienced last week when when she started to hear out of that ear again that the impossible will become possible. And whatever people are facing today, if it's uh, fear or depression or anxiety, Lord, I pray that right now we just give them embrace and just speak your words of encouragement. And thank you, Father, that that they would, would, would feel and sense your presence right now. And Father, if people are struggling with sickness, uh, either mental illnesses or physical illness right now, I just take authority over every sickness and I command that thing to lose its grip. And Father, I pray that we will hear so many testimonies of what you are doing in the lives of people. And Father, lastly, I just want to pray for for, for your people, for 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 every follower of you, that, that they would experience what I have experienced, that these signs shall follow those who believe that we would put hands on sick people we would see them healed father i pray for each and every individual you would give them the courage to step out and be bold and to go after seeing the impossible become possible in their life father i thank you that the visible world is being created from the invisible and father i pray that your people will have that kind of faith that that would see the walls of jericho fall in a way that they would become a ramp into crossing into our promised land in everything that you are calling us to do. Thank you that the future of the church is bright because you're in the future and you're building your church and the gates of hell cannot, shall not, and will not stand against that church. In Jesus' name, I pray that you bless everybody that is listening. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Thomas. It's such great faith building stuff uh, always to to connect with you. Looking forward to you joining us at launch this year. For those um, who, who don't know, that's going to be the at the end of October. Um, we are uh, going to be hosting launch conference. Go to launchcatalyst.org where you'll see that all the best prices and possibilities. We've got lots of people starting to book onto that. You know, it's a little way off now. Really encourage you to go on, um, bring a team. Um, perhaps if uh, if you're, if, you know, don't just think, oh, I'm, uh, if your church is struggling, if your church is is uh, is kind of lacking vision a little bit, you, you, it's some, so often just getting around people that have got a different perspective, that have got a different viewpoint, have got some some more faith, and having them pray for you, maybe lay hands on you, commission you, and re envision you. That's what we found launch. So often that's what people say. Yeah, there's great speakers and worship and all those kind of things. But it's a, a coffee conversation can make a um, a huge difference in, into somebody, as I discovered by interrupting somebody's coffee conversation just a little while ago, as we've heard. So thank you again, um, Thomas, and God bless all of our listeners. And please subscribe if you get opportunities to the Future Church podcast. And I said at the beginning, if you can write us a, a, some comments, if you can share it, then that really does mean the world to us. Thank you so much. God bless you.